What is up everyone? It's Quinn here. And in today's video, I'm going to be talking about how you guys can dominate your fantasy football leagues, specifically in the early part of the season. I think the first few weeks of the NFL season is really where you're able to get a huge jump ahead of your league mates, you know, whether that's through trades or through the waiver wire. Those are kind of like the two things I'm going to be focusing on in today's video. If you guys enjoy the content, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. If you have any uh, fantasy questions, you can drop those down below. If you're just going to give me like, you know, a trade or a start sit question, just uh, hit me with the scoring format. So PPR, half point PPR standard helps me out a ton. Um, and if I do answer your question, you know, just give me a like on the video. But let's jump into the first point. So we're going to be focusing on trades. I think attacking early season trades can really be huge for your fantasy team and can really kind of, you know, set you ahead of everyone else. And I think the first kind of point I want to talk about is targeting overreacting league mates. Every year, there are going to be certain players in your league who are overreacting after week one. It could be a negative reaction if their player goes out week one, struggles, you know, flops in their lineup, they end up losing, um, you know, or they struggle in the first few games. That person could overreact and, you know, kind of want to be done with them, sell low. It could also be a positive reaction to someone that you have on your team. You know, maybe they wanted to draft that player, they missed out. The guy on your team goes out, balls out in week one or the first few weeks and they could potentially be willing to overpay for that player. Throughout the NFL season, each weekly performance feels less and less important. Like week one, that is the entire season so far. After week one, that is going to be 100% of what has happened. You know, it continues to get smaller and smaller as the weeks go by, right? If a player underperforms in week eight, people aren't gonna really care about that. One bad game, no one cares. But if a player has their one bad game in week one, people will start to panic. So you kind of just wanna be able to find those players and capitalize on their overreactions. I kind of noticed specifically, um, overreacting league mates typically only play in like one fantasy league. I feel like when you're in multiple different leagues, you have multiple different teams, you don't get as high or as low because you're rostering so many different players. But with only one team, some people start to really kind of micromanage that team. They live and die with that one specific roster with, you know, what, like seven, eight starting players. Um, and, you know, if you are one of these reacting league mates or overreacting league mates, one bad week should really not change your entire perspective on a player you drafted. If you felt confident drafting them, especially in the early rounds, you know, one flop performance shouldn't ruin it for you. I think the only one exception I would have about like not overreacting in week one would be usage. If a player's usage is drastically different than you were expecting, like especially if they're a veteran option who, you know, should have been locked into a starting role and they're not playing early on, rookies, it's a little bit different because they can kind of work into the offense throughout the season. But if the usage isn't there, that's a spot where I think you can start to be concerned. But like, for example, if Chris Olave goes out there week one, he's operating as the wide receiver one in routes. He's got like a 95% route participation and he ends up with like a three for 40 stat line. I'm not going to be freaking out. You guys shouldn't be freaking out, but someone in your league likely will. And those are the players that you should look to target early on in the season. Now, the second kind of key point for early season trades, I think sending out two for one offers early in the season is really, really smart. 
Um, this is also kind of going to connect to the waiver wire, which I'll get into a little bit later in the video. But I think two for one offers in the season are very solid. If you're not familiar with two for one trades, it's just where you're giving up two players, getting one in return. The goal is that you're getting an upgrade at a certain position. So maybe you're trading a running back and a wide receiver, but you're getting a much better running back in return, or you're getting a much better wide receiver in return. That's kind of like the idea of uh, two for one trades. If you are playing in a league with like a ton of flex spots, then it probably doesn't make sense to send out the offers, um, you know, because your depth options are very, very valuable in those leagues. But if you're in a league, you know, like the typical Yahoo ESPN setup where it's two running backs, two wide receivers, one flex, or you're in a smaller league, like a 10 team league, an eight team league, I think those are really nice spots to go out and make those two for one deals. In these shallower leagues, assuming you drafted well, you know, you put together a solid team, there are probably like three-ish players on your bench that you feel are flex-worthy week to week, obviously barring like injuries and bye weeks. And so it may not feel great to give up that depth early on in the season, you know, with injuries potentially coming up and bye weeks later on in the season. But I think early on, you'll be able to replenish that depth on the waiver wire. Later on in the season, waivers are probably going to be a little bit more thin. You may not be able to regain that depth, but early on, you can make those two for one trades, get upgrades in your starting lineup, but then replace that depth by hitting the uh, waiver wire. So those are kind of like my overall tips for making early season trades. Now, the second thing I mentioned was just being aggressive on waivers. I think being locked in on waivers is important all season long, right? Like you can make huge additions to your team all throughout the season, but I think it's especially important to be pretty locked in early on in the season. We never know less about this NFL season than we do right now. There are running back rooms that are up in the air. We don't know which players are going to lead them. We don't know what the handcuff situations are going to look like. There are wide receiver battles out there that we don't really know you know, which direction they're going to turn. There are also some injuries that we don't necessarily have clarity on. Some tight ends, right? Some of these later round guys, we don't know what their usage is going to be. Week one is going to tell us a lot and you guys need to be locked in making those waiver claims to take advantage of that week one information and pretty much like any of the uh, early weeks throughout the season. Looking back um, to my week one waiver wire from last year, um, I talked about Christian Watson and Jamal Williams as waiver wire pickups. These are guys who could have ended up being league winners for you. Christian Watson, you know, was balling out down the stretch. Jamal Williams put together his crazy touchdown season. So there are legit starters that you can find on the waiver wire after week one. Personally, I think the two best positions to target off of waivers in the first week are running backs and tight ends. At the running back position, you'll just have a much clearer idea of what the backfield is going to look like. Like for example, the Eagles could go out there on Sunday and Kenneth Gainwell could end up leading that backfield. It's totally up in the air and Kenneth Gainwell may just be sitting on waivers right now in your league. You're also going to find out you know, who the handcuffs are. If you have two backup running backs that are kind of splitting the extra touches, that's probably not a backfield you want to be super invested in in terms of handcuffs. On the other hand, if you have one sole backup who's getting you know, all the scraps, that's probably a handcuff you should be interested in rostering. And then I also really like the tight end position. There are always going to be guys every year who just come out of nowhere at the tight end position and end up being valuable starters week to week. This can give you a huge leg up against your league mates. If you punt the tight end position, but can still end up with a solid like weekly starting option. I mean, you just saved a ton of draft capital by not having to snag a guy in the first like eight rounds to start in your lineup. You just found that dude on waivers 
and was able to hit up other positions. I also just think specifically this season, there are a lot of these late round tight ends who could be pretty relevant. Guys like Sam Laporta, Luke Musgrave, Greg Dulcich, uh, Chigo Conquo. I think these players are all very interesting. And if they go out and have really strong usage in week one, they're definitely guys who should be rosterable and could end up turning into like really solid options throughout the season. You'll also be able to find people overreacting to big week one performances. Every year, there's going to be a few kind of obscure wide receivers who put together huge week one performances. Maybe they hit in the touchdown department. They get like one big, you know, 60 yard touchdown reception and they put together a really strong fantasy performance. But a lot of those players who weren't really on your radar heading into the season, they're probably not going to maintain that throughout the entire season. So some people may overreact pick up those players and potentially drop some underperforming, you know, week one players or some rookies who maybe haven't really worked their way fully into the offense yet. I think Quinton Johnston is a guy who comes to mind where people may be drafting him, expecting him to start week one. And he may not be one of the first three wide receivers playing. It seems like Joshua Palmer is probably going to start off the season as the Chargers wide receiver three, but that does not mean that Quinton Johnson should just be released because he doesn't produce in week one. He's a guy who's going to be a long-term play. And if he can break into that starting lineup back half of the season, he could end up being a really strong fantasy option for you. So you can also kind of scour the waiver wire for players that were dropped probably prematurely by your league mates. So those are going to be my main tips on how you guys can dominate your leagues early on in the season, pretty much just being very active in terms of making trades and then also on waivers. You also don't want to, you know, just make trades to make trades. I know sometimes people do that. Even some of the comments I get about trades, they just feel like very lateral moves. You don't want to micromanage your team. You don't want to overmanage it. You know, you want to make trades that benefit you, but do not make moves, you know, just to make them. Same thing with the waiver wire. Find the players you're interested in, but don't necessarily, you know, totally throw players away because they had one down performance. But that's going to wrap it up for this one. Hopefully this uh, helps you guys. If you enjoyed, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. Thank you all for stopping by and I will see you all in the next one.